Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of the Detour Live. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Dan Jones, as always, joined by four-time national road champion from Australia, John Ify Trevorrow. Now, John, you had a bit of a headache this afternoon. You're not crisp. There was a period where you could have pulled the pin, but you've soldiered on, mate. How are you traveling? mate. Soldier on. Oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm fine. Um, exciting stuff, mate. Hey, what a, what a uh, overnight... Mm. Yesterday, but overnight for us, uh, a great win by Caden Grove, stage two of two of Turkey. There's the photo there, but he looked so good on stage one. He finished third, but was definitely the faster finisher. Uh, mm. But he just creamed him. That's a top field. I mean, it was really fantastic when he won in Catalonia, but it wasn't a yeah you know, an elite sprint field. This is an elite sprint. Field. Mm. They're all there. Caleb was there. You know, uh, you look at the, at the placings. You know, uh, Jasper Phillips and Sam Bennett, Bennett. back uh, back in it. He was third. Um, yeah, Case Bowl, uh, Caleb. Yeah, they're all there. And uh, mm. and the lead out set up the train by Bike Exchange Joko was superb. You know, from it was Tar win, so they got him there early, got him to the right spot. Lotto jumped by them in, in, in the last uh, 500 metres or so, but didn't matter. He knew what he was doing. He was comfortable. He just, yeah, real, uh, not, you wouldn't have thought it was that inexperienced. It, it was, you know, top stuff. Great well, ride. you caught up with him earlier today. Apologies. I was in the car and had to shuffle a few things around. We only had a window of time to get him, but you did a great job with the chat, so we're going to play that. <laughs> then we're going to talk to Dave Sanders. Who has got a? He can take a fair bit of credit with discovering Caden Groves. He was the man yes, yeah. in the early had days. Had a bit to do it. Had a bit to do with it. Yep. And then we're going to have a halftime break, and in the second half, we're going to talk to Hank Vogels. So that's always entertaining. Yeah. So and we're going to talk about the exciting uh, Amstel uh, Gold Race for the men and women oh, yeah. uh, just the week, last Two weekend. Years so in a row. Talk about that. Well, well where they've nearly stuffed up the results, although I think they did last year. But anyway, another story. Yeah. Let's so as you say, um, we're, um, tour of Turkey. They're like uh, seven hours behind us. A little bit different to the rest of Europe. Uh, and uh, we gave him a call earlier, and he, he jumped on the on the blower. So, um, and lucky for me, you couldn't get involved, so I could talk a bit more about Baycrits. It was good. I did. I did <laughs> make some edits because you did oh. a bit of crap. So I polished it up a bit. But uh, here's Caden Groves from uh, earlier today talking to a very polished John Trevorrow. No, I feel good. Uh, thanks for having me on, fellas. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been a great start to the week already. Uh, stage one third was was kind of bittersweet. Um, made a few mistakes myself, but yesterday uh, the guys nailed it, and uh, we got a got another win here. Um, and yeah, things looking good for the rest of the week. Just take us through uh, that last four or five k. I've only I didn't watch it live. I watched the highlights. Yeah, so this the finish yesterday was wasn't technical, but it had its uh, had its corners and its markers. Um, so we knew, you know, we knew what uh, what corners we needed to hit, um, and the guys just nailed it. It was uh, perfect. So the final four k included uh, a left with two k to go, and then a right with one uh, k to go, pretty much. Um, and yeah, Happy and uh, Kellen Campbell. Just nailed that that part, and uh, we had Kevin uh, Konichev and Bewley just just nail the the tender four case to go, um, and we arrived real fresh. So we thought we'd take it up in the front, um, keeping a bit smoother running, you know, and out of trouble, and it just worked perfectly. So the guys did all their 
Yeah, I dropped uh, Campbell and myself off inside the last kilometre. And then uh, from there, it was we were on our own. But um, I had a good run through with Philipson on the right. And yeah, fast sprint, um, sort of tailwind, cross tailwind. Um, yeah, I was happy to have the legs to finish it off. Now, Caleb, uh, who, who, who won stage one, looked to be in a, in a perfect spot. I mean, uh, the, lotto, uh, yeah, the lotto guy in front of him. and uh, But then he just seemed to sit up. Do, do you know what happened there? I'm not sure. I, I, I haven't spoken to him, but I guess he uh, didn't have the legs. Um, if you have to make like... I haven't watched the replay of him uh, where he was, but I'm guessing... Um, if he's too far back, then he's got to make some some big efforts to move forward, you know. Um, and it's not easy to lead out from the front. Like he's he's spending a lot more energy um, in that position than than if you're a few wheels back. So um, I'm guessing that's what happened. Anyway, that's that's his, his his problem, as they say. But you were very quick. I mean, uh, uh, Philipson is no slouch. He's in fantastic form this year, and to go past him like you did, I mean, you only went past him about ten minutes to go, and you beat him by nearly a full length. So your 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 speed was a lot higher. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm in some decent form. Uh, Catalonia's set me up uh, really well. I had really good shape there, and um, yeah, I guess. Thankfully, I've been able to absorb that, the blocks that I've had of racing, like Torreno and then uh, Catalonia. So no, I'm, uh, I'm pretty keen to continue on this week and uh, hopefully we'll take some more wins. So uh, Sam Bennett seems to be coming back into form. It was a pretty strong third place for him as well because he's had his challenges. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to see. Um, they're also – it's good to have those guys here. Um, it only makes – you know, the results mean more um, when you've got guys of that calibre in the field. So, uh, no, I'm really happy with, with how we're going. And, uh, yeah, it's good to be back with the with the sprint team, uh, the guys from the lead-out, and we're becoming more familiar each each stage and, and making uh, adjustments along the way. But, um, yeah, like yesterday, we, they just, the guys nailed it and, uh, yeah, couldn't be happier. I was listening to one of the replays. I can't remember what channel it was on, and they were talking about. It. Said, "Oh, you know, they're saying, oh, Philipson will be uh, in in the green leaders leaders jersey with his uh, two second places." And suddenly, your name popped up. He said, "Oh, hang on, <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't add up properly." But uh, yeah, now I also read somewhere that uh, you were really excited about the Gallipoli stage, which is just in a couple of days' time. Uh, that you know it would mean something really special to be able to win. Uh, in Gallipoli, you know, in, in the shadows of, of Anzac Day. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's quite a few of us Aussies and New Zealanders here, so uh, it's going to be, well, a lot of our first times going there, so it's going to be obviously a strange and eerie feeling, but um, it'd be nice to pay some respects uh, while we're there, and if we can uh, get the win there, then that'll be uh, quite special, I guess. Yeah, it will be something really special. So, what's tomorrow? What's tomorrow's stage? Uh, tomorrow is the first, uh, more or less, GC day, um, and today is another the shortest. Oh, uh, I meant today. Actually. Tomorrow, tomorrow yeah. for us. <laughs> I meant uh, really yeah. to, today's stage. Yes, yeah, sorry, mate. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we have a we have a short stage actually, hundred and. 18 kilometers or something like this um but yeah sprint stage so today's sprint's ah, okay. more of a more of a uae style sprint actually big road and um we have a u-turn at th- about 2k to go um so yeah it's uh, another good one for us um with the horsepower we have here and 
uh, yeah, we're ready to take it on. Now, I read somewhere that uh, you're going to be riding your first Grand Tour this year, but it's going to be the Vuelta. I was hoping it might have been going to be the Giro because I'm coming over to the Giro. So no chance of it because you've got such stellar form that uh, they might uh, change their mind. <laughs> uh, definitely not for the Giro. Um, no, those boys are all uh, locked in for Yeti and the GC, <laughs> um, which is fine. But I'm I'm due for a break after this. Uh, I'll have quite a few race days, so it's uh, we've got a good plan to shut it down after this and then build up uh, for the rest of the season and finish with the Walter. Yeah, look, uh, just thanks heaps for coming on, mate. I know you've got to get down for breakfast and uh, um, uh, a great day today. I'm glad it's only 118k. That'll be good for you. Um, we mentioned uh, uh, Anzac Day and how special it is for Australians. And I can remember it's going back quite a while, but it's probably yeah, 10 years ago where uh, Gossy uh, and uh, Mark Renshaw almost dead-heated uh, for a stage win in Turkey on uh, Anzac Day. I think uh, Mark Renshaw just pipped Gossi. Uh, so um, that was the last time they actually raced on a- Anzac Day in, in Turkey, I think. But uh, yeah, so good luck for that one. We'll all be following that and I'll be following it tonight as well. If I can work out how to watch it live. I haven't been able to see that yet, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, thanks heaps, mate. Um, and so you say you're having a bit of a break after this. Uh, then what's the, what's the next event planned? Um, well, we do a weekend of one days in a, a Virendale Classic and this uh, at the end of May, I believe. And then I will be doing uh, Tour of Swiss, Tour of Poland and uh, then the Volta. Ah, fantastic. So, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Well, there is a small chance, but it's growing every day that I could get to the Vuelta. I've never been to the Vuelta, uh, so uh, you and I will both be, uh, be be new at that, but I'm looking forward to it. It's good not having Dan here, here be, you know, interrupting me because I can talk more about the Bay Quiz. He always cuts me off when I mention Bay Quiz. <laughs> so uh, it's important that we get you uh, for the Bay Quiz in January, mate. So we'll, we'll, we'll start our negotiations very soon. <laughs> Cheers, Ify. All right, mate. See you, bud. Thanks, heaps. See you, mate. See you later. Caden Groves. I left that bit in, John. <laughs> You're a good man. Couple of live comments. Jared says, "Evening, gents. G'day, Jared. Uh, Jared, sorry. Sally, great result for Caden and the team who did an awesome job. And uh, Janice Ashcroft says, "Good evening and hello to Caden." Uh, we'll pass that on. Now, a man that we said at the start of the show had a bit to do with discovering uh, Caden is Dave Sanders, joins us live. Dave, how are you, mate? Yeah, all good. Great to be here. And, uh, and it's absolutely fantastic to see Caden stepping up to his potential. Mate, you're still yeah. looking fit. You're still doing a few Ks yourself. Yeah, pretty lean. Did a couple of hours today. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, good stuff, mate. Now, tell us a story about the early days of Caden. Okay, I first came across, I saw Caden pop up. He won the Australian Junior Road Championship up in Canberra with a, a short, like around a corner, up a little incline, and he burst out of the bunch and won the sprint. Australian Junior Road Championship. So I looked up his name, uh, Queensland, and I uh, asked around, and um, the great Ron Boyle was looking after him, the great sprinter, and blah, blah, blah. Said, oh, jot his name down. Then I noticed they didn't even select him for the uh, world, the junior national team to go to the world, which is somewhat controversial. Anyway, I sort of forgot about him until several years later. I was managing the 
Mitchelton, uh, Green Edge Mitchelton continental team in, in Asia. And I'm uh, the St. George, Aussie St. George team were there. And this kid's bursting out of the 100 up front sprints and winning on his own. It's it's Caden Groves. But hell, oh, you know, this he was about 18, only about 18 years old then. Mm. So have a look at this kid. So I tuned in and got to know him a bit. And at the end of the year season, I wrote a, quite a long report to uh, our people at Milton. And I said, uh, basically, if we're going to do this Asian uh, circuit, probably 80% of 90% of stages come to big bunch sprints. We need a sprinter. We need Caden Groves because he's the best young kid around. And I believe he's going to go a long way. Anyway, they did uh, listen to me uh, for once, and we had him the next year, and he won quite a few uh, minor races, then bigger races. Then uh, it was a real highlight for us when he won the final stage, a big big bunch kick final stage of Chingai Lake Tour, which is they, they virtually call it the fourth grand tour, two-week well, tour. There's a bit of U.S. prize money on up for grabs oh, if you win a stage uh, there, isn't there? A million dollars U.S. prize money. So how no, many uh, bike bags did you have to stuff the hundred dollar bills in? Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that off air. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> um, but I mean, you get serious. Some serious pros go there. You know, uh, mm. Astana send a team there, and a lot of ex pros go there for them just money. They just just literally they hand it out in in blocks of hundred dollar bills at mm. the end of the races. So it's very very competitive. And um, Caden stood up. I've got a, some great photos of that. Actually, should have should have sent them to you before. But I thought, yeah, this this young fella's going to go uh, all the way in my mind. And he's just a, a hell of a nice young kid. And he's very very calm for a sprinter, um, and calculating, and just does his work very well. If he, yeah, um, I remember. Yeah, you, know, you telling me those stories. Um, but you you you've been really involved in. Uh, part of his training as well uh, as as he went over in, onto bike exchange. Can you tell us a bit about that? Uh, yeah, just really um, just to believe in himself, how to position in a bunch. Um, uh, he's made himself. He's, he, he, he thinks about things a lot, does his own work, does his own study, but just the, the process of, of not uh, – I, I believe recently that um, Robbie McEwen's been helping – him out a bit and my own education of road sprinting has come from what I've heard you know over the years what Robbie did um, and they're sort of the things I've passed on uh, to Caden over the years but I'm really pleased to know that Robbie's because they're both Queenslanders and uh, uh, they're you know he's, he's connected with the best of the best so you know I can think you can see that I mean his his rocket ship speed coming past Philipson in the last 50 metres was outstanding. He hadn't moved till, I don't know, 50, 70 metres from the line, and he just exploded. If you watch the the, the uh, head-on video yep. or overhead, he had not stepped off the wheel till they were almost there. He just gripped the bars and just accelerated. And uh, at the end of a road race, it's not that easy to do and remind me very much of what Robbie used to do. Yeah. Now, you're sort of being a bit elusive, Dave. It sounds like you've got a few sprint secrets up your sleeves on how to train and train for top-end speed. Now, I used to hear rumours of riders putting, you know, ankle weights in. And is there anything that you can give a list? Because we've got a lot of listeners here that, you know, train and, and need advice. Is there anything you can give them to get to that high top-end speed? 
Just give him one nugget, Davo. Okay. If there's one, one thing that you've got to remember, and and I, I learned this early on, I read it, actually read it, uh, um, tell you in a minute, is that endurance riders, slow twitch riders, have all have, there's somewhere in there there's fast twitch fibers, and you've got to find them and work them and, uh, and develop those fast twitch fibers. So every day, if even if you're a pure slow twitch endurance rider, you should do three or four max, short max effort sprints, not long, you know, 20 second sprints, just six seconds, six, eight, 10 second sprints. Just accelerate from a slow speed or uh, top, you know, higher speed to a higher speed because it always keeps that, that, um, that top end there. If you don't train it, it ain't going to happen on race day. And you just got to always keep it alive, keep it awake, keep that fast twitch uh, system working. And I mean, some people were born with it and you can make it better. And if you weren't born with it, you can just create it. I mean, if he, if he was a great, great sprinter and I don't know if he overly trained it, he just had it. I don't know. You have to ask him, but, um, but you can develop something if it's not there to develop something and create something just by doing those max short max efforts repeatedly. One one thing Robbie used to say as well is he would train on feel. So he if he went out and did not feel good, he wouldn't push his body when his body was trying to tell him, "Hey, you know, you're not you're not feeling great." This evolution of data, where you know riders are obsessed with data and numbers and all that, do you think it's actually going to start twisting back to an old school model of getting that sort of touch and feel back again? You have to have that. I mean, if you just say a sports scientist is just sending out a program, on this day you do this and this day you do that, mm. that's all very well if you're up to it and if you've recovered from the previous days. And this is the thing with endurance riders, especially tour riders and grand tour riders, you've got to be able to deliver even when you're totally fatigued and, you know, just on your knees. And that you can't measure in a, in a sports lab. You have mm. to, uh, yeah, you have to run on feel a bit. Uh, I know Robbie, this is one thing I learned from him, he used to disappear, you know, week, several weeks before the tour or grand tours and go and do gym work to build strength and do his little repeat power efforts just to bring back that that speed and power. I mean, they've got endurance running out their ears, these pros. They don't need a big endurance box. Mm. But you do need to bit of recovery and power. And there's a, there's a saying... Um, Sort of endurance is the enemy of power. Mega endurance takes that top end off your off your short accelerations and, and your, your short power. So you have to rebuild it. And and a lot of guys forget that. You know, mega kilometers and the pros doing so much endurance, they lose a lot of that top end power. And you have to train and rebuild it. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting is what you said before, Dan, about what Robbie used to do because that's exactly what I got taught uh, from my old man who who was sort of. You know, well ahead of his time in, in his thinking on that sort of stuff. And it was all one of the his main points was, you know, when you feel good, you train hard. When you feel a bit off, you back off and, and uh, learn to read your body signs. But I think what's happening now, especially in the last couple of years, go back a bit further, it was a bit different. They just had these, this is your training block and this is what you do and they were hard. But all this data that's coming through, it's data and it's information on your heart and all that. They are pretty well 
when you're starting to have a bad day, they're pretty on top of that as well. So it's starting to really improve it. And they're taking much, as you would well know, Dave, they're taking most of the big teams are now are really looking after these young guys because we're talking about 21-year-olds winning Tour de France and all these mm. new up-and-comers are kids. They're 21, 22, whereas it used yeah. to be 25, 26. And that's how they realise. Yeah. yeah. So they realise now that these what these kids can do, but they've got to look after them. You can't just mm. throw them in. Well, okay, project car is something different. He said to be able to do anything. But most of them aren't project cars. Most of them have to be um, – Cajole looked after like a bit like Luke Plapp, where he's going at the moment. He's been very impressive, been looking really good, but they know they've got to just, you know, take him gently into this. Well, we're, we're all watching with big wide eyes to see how this young crop develops. And over the next six, eight, ten years, the Ivanapoles, the Pogachars, etc., that come through at a very young age. To witness their progress and how how long they last, whether they keep improving, whether they can maintain that level, because we haven't seen many uh, come through, you know, um, really from that younger age at the top level. I'm surprised now that uh, Pogacar is banging around the cobbles and trying to win classics at this time of year. Most of the GCs are not doing that, GC riders. Mm. So uh, it, it, it's very interesting, and we'll wait and see what happens. Well, if he said to Caden in the interview, like the caliber of sprinters that he's beaten, yes, it's Tour of Turkey, but, you know, and the way he won, do, how exciting is it seeing another great young Aussie sprinter that is on the precipice of potentially a five, ten year monster career? Oh, we, a couple of us, the, James, Victor, and I, that were working with uh, Caden through his younger years and with the Metroton Continental team, we we made the statement just between us that this this kid could be could be as is the next Caleb could be as good as Caleb, and then we've just been waiting to see where he goes. But the what we've seen this last couple of weeks, and the sheer speed and rocket ship speed that he even showed last night and the night before, he had the speed the night <laughs> before he was running to yeah, a dead yeah. end. Yeah. Um, it is exciting, and he's young, and he's level-headed, and he's prepared to take his time. And he's making the steps the right way, and it is exciting. I think he's going to. We're going to see him on the Champs Elysees and the and the big stages in the next couple of years. Well, in the past, as if he said, there was this sort of moddy call. You know, you got to nurture the riders. Like we saw it with Caleb. You know, holding back, holding back. Don't run him at the tour, and all this sort of stuff. Whereas now, it's sort of a lot of teams are feeling the pressure. Like, no, no. Don't, you don't have to wait as long. What do you think is the best program over the next couple of years for Caden? I I believe that that they need to take steps, that they need to mature um, physically, mentally, and I just think you can throw them in the deep end, especially especially for Aussie guys because the Euros are at home. They're in their home mm. world. They go home to mum every night or their partners or wives. The Aussies are in a in a very foreign environment from a young age, and it's not easy. And I just, uh, I mean, you're always going to find. Uh, I mean, Jan Ulrich was sort of world under twenty three champion at nineteen. Eddie Merckx was under twenty three. Uh, was amateur champion at nineteen. But they're, they're few and far between. And I just think, me, you ask me a question, I would rather see a stepping stone 
sort of development than throwing them in the deep end. Maybe throw them in for the first week of a tour, um, which they which Caleb did a couple of times. Um, but I just for GC riders, I don't I don't think they should be thrown in the deep end. Uh, in fact, I think the the accident Evanapol had a couple of years ago, I think it didn't do him any harm because he he jumped in and really let him have sort of six months with no pressure on him. Um, Pogacar, he's very, very exceptional, and we'll see where it goes. But once again, I, I do believe the stepping stone process is better. Well, the Vuelta yeah. could be a huge opportunity in terms of Grand Tour, um, and I think he was talking about his program could be, you know, pole and all that, sort of have a bit of a break. But do you see the Vuelta as a really good stepping stone? And, and don't even put the pressure on. Just say, look, you know, maybe the first half of the Vuelta and see how you're tracking it. If you have to pull you out, fine. Just to get that confidence of potentially getting a Grand Tour stage under your belt by the end of the year without putting too much pressure on. Absolutely. It's it's generally the, the way to go. Although you talk about the Vuelta, there's some serious, serious climbs in the Vuelta. It's, they think of it as the easy tour. It ain't easy. It's a really tough tour. Maybe the biggest names... Uh, not there, but you'll normally find a couple crossover and ride the Vuelta. And it's just a development of whether, uh, yeah, it's an opportunity, especially for sprinters. It can, depends where the parkour is the first week, but if they could pick up a stage, it's a fantastic bonus in them and gives them the confidence that they can win a Grand Tour stage. Uh, but it's also, uh, and, and depending on the parkour, when the big mountains are, just that, that they all, they all say, the guys say, you think you're strong till you've finished a Grand Tour. And then it just gives you a whole nother level of depth of fitness and endurance and mental and physical strength. And somewhere in your career, you've got to start and and they it generally is the format they throw in the world to first just to get through it and then step up maybe the next year or the year after into the tour if when they reach that, that level. But it's the right way to do it. One of the things that's happened over the last couple of years, Dave, as you've well seen, is there's not much piano in the stages anymore. They they fire on the gun and these blokes are on every day, every stage, every day. So it's bloody serious racing. But, uh, you know, yeah, I agree with you. But And you can't use Pogacar as uh, any sort of guy because no. he is a freak. He is a freak. Yep. He's, he's another Eddie Merckx. And so yep. you can't really judge. You know, Eddie Merckx raced much harder than anyone else, a lot more days, whatever. Because he could. He was sort of had this physique and physiology that he couldn't knock him down, you know. And I think Pogacar is just the same. So he's not a really uh, um, good analogy. But uh, Bernal's a more an interesting one. I mean, he's had his challenges yeah. with injuries and stuff. Well, he was only 21 when he won the, won the tour. Um, and it was good to see if he can come back. I mean, it's amazing that he's even back on the bike now. But... Um, uh, you know, it'll be next year before we see what he can do. But there's so many of them. They, they, they're popping up they're younger and they're getting, given much more of an opportunity. Yeah, it, it's um, – I asked uh, – I asked – well, those who have been around a long time wonder, well, how is this happening? It's a little bit controversial, I'm going to say, but I'll say it anyway. I asked Simon Clark, who's sort of font of knowledge of most things and certainly uh, has the qualifications to make this – these sort of uh, analogies. How is it these young guys are, are stepping s- stepping up so quickly to the top ranks? You know, how is it happening? And he's he sort of said, yeah, well, a few of us are saying this thing, he's asking this question. And his, uh, his throw-up 
back was that he believes now because the, the game is so much cleaner and it's natural ability and the guys with the really these young natural freaks have the ability to step up and race at the highest level from a young age because it's it's a more, far more level playing field. And you see mm. a Vanderpoel straight out of juniors, uh, second in the world um, pro time trial championship behind yeah. Rowan, you know, first year. And it's, it's exceptional. So that's yeah. it's one analogy that was thrown at me and, and I accept that. I, I tell you, it's, it's back to Caden. It's going to be a fascinating tour of Turkey because – you know, you look at the likes of you've got Caleb, who has been the centre of Aussie sprint focus for the last four or five years. Then you get this other Aussie young sprinter that blasts onto the blocks and rolls him in stage two. I mean, it's going to be a ding dong battle uh, for a number of years now. Oh yeah, they'll be going head to head for for the next decade, hopefully. Um, yeah. yeah, like Stewie and Robbie I, back really in the day. Inspired me was seeing the. Uh, uh, Seeing that the light, beautiful light blue uh, bike exchange Jaco colours lined, I think the best looking kit in the peloton these days, and they look fantastic and confident on the front. And when we saw the overhead shot coming into that that uh, stage two in Turkey, with the whole peloton in one line, one line, the whole peloton in one line, that's looked good, did it? It did look good, yeah. Oh, it's fantastic! Mm. I thought like, that's dominance mm. and. It's saying, yeah. well, we're here to race, boys. Cop this. Yeah. And I think we, we needed to do that um, because uh, I've got I've got the yeah. replay here. If you want to have a yeah. squeeze, this is uh, four point four to go. You, yeah, you've got to go back a bit that. further. Yeah, that's Maybe in the last kilometre. Yeah, it's four point four. Yeah. So that's yeah. okay. Happy yeah. and Bueller and all that, and then these are obviously yeah. the highlights. But yeah. Um, yeah, as you said, at least the kit does stand just, out when just, they were at the black. Caden, as he just steps out and goes bang, he grips him. You see him, he just it wouldn't be 50 meters, and he just, yeah. just puts the eyes out and grips the bars. What here, just there, bang. There's only about 10 <laughs> 30 meters, <laughs> and, and going so much quicker. Yeah, no, that's, that's for sure. We we're talking about that. It, earlier. That's, that's real fast push acceleration. It's, yeah. it, it was just brilliant. And you just Robbie used to do that, just grip the bars. The veins pop in his neck, and he just be locked solid upper body, and bang, acceleration. Mm. And uh, and you're seeing that in Caden at the moment. A couple of uh, live comments. Nolsey, he says the Dan and Ify show, obviously with Davo as well. What better way to wind down after a day at work? And Jason Cruz from the Maldives <laughs> says, "What a win ahead of four other great sprinters. This will build his reputation. Great commitment by the boys in the lead out. Did get worried when Lotto came past with 400 to go. We're going to take a quick halftime drinks break." If you've teed up Hank Vogels, I hope is he coming? Yeah, on yeah. So we're going to yeah we're going to talk uh, a bit more about um, uh, the weekend with Amstel, uh, and so you stay on, Davo. Yeah, you'd have some great Hank stories, wouldn't you, Davo? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a couple of minutes in during the drinks break to just jot down the cleanest ones, and we'll let rip in the second <laughs> half. All right, we'll be back soon with more detail. No worries. Look at this bike. You think it's just a bike, right? But it's not. <clears throat> it's a bike. 374 people are looking at. This guy, this girl, them, all looking at it. People from here, there, and wherever this is. People that are looking for a bike. Or just a piece of it. Amateurs. Semi-amateurs. 
and pro amateurs. This guy wants this bike, but with this crank and these bars. This could be the perfect match, but not this one. This girl has a bike to sell, and thousands of people might purchase it. Eyes on Bikes help grow small businesses. His, hers, yours, and the latest data and insights help those businesses keep moving. We are the world's number one bike marketplace with over 500,000 products and 900 brands where buyers and sellers are brought together in a place where a bike is never just a bike. Bike Exchange, where the world buys, sells, learns and rides. Are you dreaming of the ultimate cycling holiday? Mumu Cycling is the best in the business. Official tour operators for all Grand Tours and Monuments, you will ride the best climbs. Enjoy VIP access and race viewing all hosted by some of the world's best pros, including 17-time Tour de France rider and Paris-Roubaix champion Stuart O'Grady. Start planning your ultimate holiday at www.mumucycling.com. Thanks again, Bike Exchange and Mumu Cycling. If you're not long to you head off to the whoops, sorry, the Giro. Uh, a couple of weeks now. Um, have we got any tickets left? Well, the last time we mentioned this, they put an extra couple of tickets on and they sold. So they've done it again. So there's another Why two not? spots available. Exactly. Another two spots available for the last week of the year, or last 10 days, I think. And there's also uh, some spots opened up for the Tour de France with Moomoo, who are uh, the superstars. The boys are all over there at the moment with, with Stewie uh, for the classics. So uh, they've had a, a, an amazing time. Uh, and they did a special Grand Fondo at Amstel. And I think they've got another one coming up this weekend uh, for uh, Parra Bay. So yeah, e exciting stuff. Um, yeah, so I think we've got uh, uh, um, Hengster coming through. I, I sent him a couple of links, uh, Hank Vogels, who be interested talking with him about uh, Para Bay and uh, Amphil Gold because he uh, he featured in both of those uh, uh, events. So uh, it'd be good to, uh, to get him. He's, I think he's uh, coming through now by by his messages. Mm, but, well, um, we can we can talk about Amstel Gold if he because it happened again. Um, oh. Obviously, the finale was uh, quite exciting there, but jeez, uh, you you couldn't write a script about it. Two years in a row, it's gone down to the photo, and no one knew what the bloody hell was going on. No, it's disappointing, actually. Yeah, uh, you know the. the Dutch are pretty professional. It's a huge race. It's one of the classics. And there, there we go. There they, we're looking at the vision now. They throw it at the finish. It was so close. Neither of them knew. I think uh, Cosnefoy had a feeling he didn't because he banged his handlebar. Oh, well, they there. told him he won it. No, no, but earlier. When he crossed the line. Oh, yeah, when he did. Yeah. He had a feeling that he, that he didn't. And then you saw them both waiting. They didn't know. The two of them didn't know. And there, there we go. It was a great throw um, by Kudakowski, actually. A really, mm. really, where uh, Cosnefoy was. He threw it at the right the time. Yeah. Yeah, it was all in the throw. Uh, great. And so uh, he was. So then they announced, the officials announced to. To everyone that that uh, uh, Cosnefoy had won, so you can see all the the, the uh, 
celebrations, and uh, and Kritikowski was apologising to the team, uh, for, mm. you know, because they had they had the men, they had the manpower, they should have won, and sorry, I'm sorry, and suddenly it was only about two minutes. <laughs> they then announced the uh, the correct uh, uh, results, which is just not it's not excusable, especially after last year, because not only last year did they stuff it up, they got it wrong. I still I have not seen a photo that shows Van Art won that bike race. I've seen every one that those ones they put up. I haven't seen one that shows that he won it on the line. So I don't know what they were looking at. But anyway, we're still talking about it. <laughs> yeah, it, that, yeah, it's dodgy. It's dodgy last year's one. Um, yeah. And as you said, like I don't know anyone that could look at the photo and say that, yeah, it wasn't Pitcock. Doesn't yeah. make any sense. No. So no. Anyway. it was even closer than this one. This is only a tire. It was half a tire. You either call it a dead eat or you give it to Pidcock. When you when you looked at all of the shots they put up, that's what they a couple of them looked you couldn't decide, and other ones showed Pidcock. No, I didn't see one that showed Van Art. Did you see those, Davo? Oh yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, it was it was pretty controversial and it left some sour tapes taste in your mouth, that one. I know mm. Pitcock still feels he won, so uh, yeah, he still feels that, and all the team thinks. I he thought won, Pitcock so. handled that very well. Yeah. Why? What did he do? He did nothing. <laughs> he just handled it very well. He accepted it, and he said, "Oh well, that's where it goes." Because I think yeah. it was his victory. You don't mm. get too many of them handed to you, and he. No, uh, especially it. his first first go. You know, it was amazing, yeah. really. But uh, yeah. uh, Kudakowski has been an amazing rider. You know, like he won this on, what, eight years ago or nine years. I can't remember how long mm. ago it was or something like that. And he's placed in it as well. And then, but he spends most of his year now. He's been world champion. We know he's class. Mm. But I think he beat an Aussie, if I remember rightly. <laughs> one of the Gero. Well, he was the one who beat uh, yeah. Gero in the world title yeah. in, yeah. in, in uh, Spain. He mm-hmm. won. Yeah. Uh, he won Amstel with the rainbow jersey on. Uh, now, I, I like to see him win races because I think he could have won 10 times the amount of races he oh, has. I agree. He's, I agree. He's, he's sold yeah. his soul. I guess I, I hope he gets paid a lot of money because he's virtually he's sold his career to uh, Sky Ineos, I, I presume, for very good. Um, I hear it's about 3 million euro. Well, a year. He earns yeah. it. Because he yeah. could win yeah. any time he gets a free range. Look at the tour there. Last oh yeah. Before. The moment yeah. they give him a free range, bang, he wins a stage. You know. Yeah. He's a super cyclist, and uh, yeah. I like to see him win. Actually, I think he's the highest paid uh, domestic. Yeah. And so he should because, be because he could yeah. be a team well, leader million, and he'd, yeah. he'd be winning classes. That's right. That's exactly right. But he's decided yeah. to stay there. But it's, from that part of it, it was great. But for Cosnefoy, I thought it was really uh, – that would have been his first race outside of France. He's been uh, – he's a damn yeah. good bike rider, classy bike rider, but he's only won in France before. So that looked like being a really good first up, but it uh, didn't turn out that way. Hey, one, one topic they were talking about on the Cycling Tips Fingers show last night, uh, and they make a good point, is um, DSM. They're the only World Tour team not to win a race this year. Um, what do you reckon is going on there, Ify? Because, yeah, only, what, a couple of years ago we were talking to Luke Roberts. and There's something going on there. You know, we've, we've, like, been, we've been talking about something smells in there. You've got too many good people have been leaving. Um, and, you know, 
well, just the other day, um, um, Aussie got third in um, was it? Where, where was it? Where, where um, the big fella uh, got third? That's their only podium uh, in in a World Tour race this year. When Sam, mm. big big Sam, um, the pursuiter, he's pursuiter. Oh, mental blank, top guy. Won the Bay Crits. I mean, Wellsford. how can I forget? Sam Wellsford, yeah. Yeah, you ran third, yeah, yeah. You ran third just the other day. Mm. Uh, and a great ride. Dwarf Flandron, I think. Uh, and, yeah, it was Dwarf Flandron. Sorry. And um, it's the only podium they've had in a, in a World Tour race this year. So something isn't right. Mm. What do you reckon, Davo? It's pretty hard yeah, to keep I, the, I, uh, I the winds coming. Whispers, but there's... There's generally an issue when that some it has been a, a really high performance team and it, then it you know it when it says going backwards but it ain't going forwards. I always say if you're not taking laps you're losing them and uh, so there's something that's gone amiss. I, I haven't heard any rumours but it's obvious. Hopefully they turn it around. There's some good people still there and uh, we can't write them off yet. These things happen. Mm. All right, Ify, well, we're still waiting on Hank. Any uh, ETA, mate, or we're going to have to pull the pull the ripcord, son? You have, to make, the, you have to make the call, John. Well, I've said, he asked, he said, can you send it to my email, which I did. So, um, I don't know, I don't know. But the, well, while I send this, we should have a little chat about the uh, Amsterdam Gold women's race because that was a, a, yes. a great Yes, I've got the race. highlights I'll yeah. bring up yeah. for you. Yep, and um, young FDJ girl, not that young. I think she's uh, around about thirty, but she's really come of age. Uh, Marta Gavali. Uh, we talk about Amanda Spratt's fine performance. Yes, yes, she was right. She got up the road. It was fantastic for her. She she did look good. Young Alex Manley was right up there as well. She yeah. finished twelfth. So uh, yeah. yeah, very impressive. Uh, I've been interested to see the. Like Alex Manually, etc., who come out of the track program onto the road, haven't had big road careers or a big background on the road, and to be able to step up to finish sort of front group in these classics first year is pretty impressive. Yeah, mm. Georgia Baker just the other day as well. Georgia's but, another uh, one. Yeah, they're going really well. And, you know, are we starting to see the end of the dominance of uh, Annemiek van Vluten? I mean, she's been very strong as always, but she's not breaking them like she used to. I just think the whole depth of women's cycling has has come so far, and and they're just fine athletes. And the depth of the of the, uh, I think just the depth is is building so much more, more than the individuals. That you know the top hundred are all good, the top fifty are excellent, the top mm. twenty are superstars. Instead of one or two dominating, the just the depth has, has risen. Yeah, it was a great ride. She really nailed it. Timing was. That's a very interesting final there. And I've been to that, that you know, we've had world titles there and uh, seen so many with you. It's all about timing over the crest of that hill and and everyone takes a breath and looks at each other. If you can just pick that moment, um, it, it's just, uh, and then have the legs to carry on. And then so often the group behind looks at each other and because it's, Pretty much over the crest, it's a little bit downhill and then flat and about one degree uphill. And if you make that make that move, it's pretty hard for them to bring them back because of the – unless you've got a team that can ride to bring you back, who's yeah. going to chase you? It's, um, yeah, no, exactly. 
I see, uh, um, as you mentioned, Spratty, it was a really good ride. I mean, she was away. I, yeah. Not like 10K or so to go. Uh, yeah. I can't remember who she was away with another girl, but they would look really good. Um, yeah. And then she, I think she dropped, you know, she finished a minute 50 down and dropped quite a few placings. But it's been great science because it's been a, such a gradual um, progression and it, it bodes well for um, Liège coming up in because you know, she's got that extra week. So this weekend is uh, uh, Para Bay and then the week, the following weekend is Liège. So, um, yeah, hopefully that keeps that projection keeps going for her. Well, we are getting technical difficulties. I've had to mute Davo's mic because I could pick it up and Buster Thomas says, Dan, someone's mic is intermittent noise. Maybe John's or maybe it's just crap internet connection. Making it hard to listen tonight. Apologies for that. That is uh, Dave Sanders. Dave, do you have headphones at all? Uh, no? Yeah, probably do. I'll go and find some. Uh, and no. uh, Hank, Hank Vogels is in the waiting room, but he can't connect his device. So he can't. <laughs> It's all up. It's all happening. <laughs> Look, I think I think we might have to wrap things up, Ify. Oh, that's a shame. It is a shame. We'll get to Hank on uh, Thursday if he's available. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we will. Hank, still, if you can hear us, uh, we're, yep. we're Thursday. We're we're doing a preview of uh, Perro Bay, uh, so we'll get Hankster on for that. Uh, hopefully, we'll have. Uh, um, there's only two Aussies who have ever won Perro Bay. Uh, Stewie, who's over there, but uh, uh, Matty Heyman. And we'll talk because uh, um, the other big announcement today is Commonwealth Games uh, yep. in Victoria. Uh, was it 2026? I think it is. Yeah. Um, in regional. Um, mm, and the last one we, we get the badminton yep. and um, some other sport, archery, probably. Yeah. So Geelong, uh, Bendigo, uh, Ballarat. Ballarat. Uh, and Gippsland, which is uh, fantastic. Somewhere, so in Gippsland. Yep, yep. Oh, yep. Something a bit sale, you know, the hometown of Dan Jones. I'm going to have something That's right. sale. Sure. Uh, 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 Out of the prison. Pub, the pub fight championships, so they'll be at sale. <laughs> or Maui or Maui or Maul, either one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, good old days. Uh, but anyway, we'll be uh, talking about all that because, of course, uh, Matty Heyman, Won the Commonwealth Games uh, when they were around uh, in Melbourne. Great ride. Uh, yep. To the Botanic Gardens. They're a fantastic course. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll do all that on Thursday. So, uh, Hankster, yep. we'll uh, we'll get you on board. Thanks a heap, Davo. Thanks, Davo. Have you on. Yep. Give us Cheers, a good mate. insight there, mate. No worries. Always, always good fun. It's been so oh, exciting. Mate. I yeah. love talking about young uh, C- uh, Caden. Yeah. No worries, mate. Great insights. And uh, remember, if you want to support the show, youtube.com forward slash Detour Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back again on uh, Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Thanks, Ippy. Thanks, Dave. And sorry, Hank. We'll see you on Thursday. Take it easy. (laughs) 